All right, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's, uh, let's get started today. And uh, I want to tell you a story first. There was a story told about a family lived in a, an apartment complex up third floor, and the, the boy was nine years old, and the parents went to the market to get the groceries. And when they left to go to the market to get the groceries, the building, the apartment building, caught on fire. And it was a quick, quick uh, fire. It spread very quickly. And the building was pretty much engulfed. So it was impossible for this boy who was left home alone at nine years old to go down to safety. And it was impossible for the firefighters to come up to rescue him. They were trying to put the fire out as quickly as possible. The boy went out onto the balcony. And the firefighters, uh, along with trying to put out the fire, also had one of those, I call, I call it a catch tarp. I don't know, it has handles all around it. And and they hold on to it, and somebody can jump into it and, and be safe. And they had that underneath the balcony, and they were trying to convince this boy to jump into the tarp and be safe. And they tried and tried everything they could think of, and people who lived in the apartment complex who had gotten out were calling him by name, Peter, jump, come on, Peter, this is important, and you, you'll be okay, you'll be okay. Peter, please jump, please jump. And he just wouldn't do it. Well, a few minutes later, his parents obviously were coming home and they saw what was happening. They rushed to the scene, obviously concerned about their boy, but they, the father saw that the boy was out on the balcony. And the father said two words. He said, Peter, jump. And immediately the boy uh, climbed over onto the railing and jumped down into the catch tarp and was safe. And so the parents came over to the firefighters to praise them and congratulate them and thank them for saving their son. And the firefighter said, we don't understand. We tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get this boy to jump. And we heard somebody just say, Peter, jump, and he jumped. And the father said, that was me. I'm his father. He knows my voice, and he trusts me. Today, we're going to talk about the voice of God. And we're going to talk about the frequency of that voice. And every one of us today want to hear the voice of God and to be that clear when we hear his voice and then that obedient to just simply do what he tells us to do. We're in John chapter number 10 and we're going to read verses 22 through 28. John chapter number 10 verses 22 through 28. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hands. The people that were asking Jesus to speak to them and to speak plainly were living in disobedience to God, and yet he spoke to them anyway. 
And yet he had an audience with them anyway. The greatest and most important voice you will ever hear is the voice of God. And it is so important for us to hear when God is leading us and guiding us and directing us. It is so important. So we need to know how does God speak to us? How is it that God instructs us about what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right, what we should be doing, the direction that we need to go in. It is so very, very important. Frequency and sounds, you could say, are synonymous because every sound has frequency. Whether it be a low sound or a high sound or whether it be a stranger's voice or your mother's voice or your father's voice or your children's voices. Sounds have frequencies. You look up in the dictionary what uh, the, the word frequency, and you'll have basically two definitions that kind of go together. The first definition is the rate at which something occurs or is repeated over a particular period of time. So we talk about the frequency of the text messages you get from your best friend. There's a frequency to those. Or you could say the frequency in which I call my mother-in-law. It's probably a different frequency but I'm just saying maybe. It's okay to laugh. <laughs> We're in church. So things that happen, we talk about whether they're infrequent or they're very frequent. And so the second definition is the rate at which a vibration occurs that constitutes a wave. Some of you have seen the images of a sound wave. And a low sound, a, a, a bass sound, if you will, has a frequency that, that looks kind of like that. It's, the waves are very separated. Whereas a very high pitch frequency would have a, a wave that would be very tight and, and very close together. So the waves are different. And that's what we're talking about today is the sound or voice or frequency of God. And we're going to see that it's not just simply his voice, but it is the different ways in which God speaks to us. The human ear can detect sound wave particles between the range of 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Would you like to have a little experiment today? Great. Glad you're going to like to because we're going to try it. Okay, so we're going to, I mean, it's participation time. Now, I want nobody, you cannot, you cannot lie. You're in church. <laughs> cannot lie. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to give you four different sounds. We're going to play through the sound system, four different sounds. And if you can hear the sound, I want you to raise your hand. They'll be separated, obviously. So here's the first sound. Can you hear it? Anybody raising their hand? Okay, good. That means nobody's lying and we're healthy. Because if you could hear that sound, like, you'd be a freak of nature. Because human beings can't hear that sound, but it was a sound. Now, here's another sound. It's called 440. And this is the, the universal tone in which orchestras will tune to. It's a, it's a pitch, and they will tune to that sound. Here it is. Can you hear this? Anybody hear it? All right, good. Sounds like I'm hearing aid feedback, but... Okay, now here's the next sound is actually the, 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 there's a 
a spaceship or something called Voyager. Anybody remember that Voyager? 1977, it was sent out into space. Yeah, I guess it's still going. I don't know. But anyway, it, you cannot hear sound. Sound doesn't travel in space because wave has to have something to reverberate or work against. That's probably not exactly right, but just go with me. I'm not an expert on this, okay? So you don't hear sound in, in space, but when the Voyager was going out near a, a, a something, a plasma or something, there was, a way, there was a sound, and this is what the Voyager recorded as a sound that was in space. Can you hear it? That's a pretty cool sound. Outer space. <laughs> Pretty cool. Now here's a sound that's higher than that, and it's so it's beyond the twenty thousand hertz that we can normally hear. So again, if you can hear this, we're going to arrest you and cap capture you because we're going to put you on display somewhere, and make some money. <laughs> so can you hear this sound? Nobody? I thought somebody was going to raise their hand and say, I could hear it, but I appreciate you not lying in church. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, because you can't hear that sound. It is a sound. The dogs right now in the neighborhood are going crazy, but, you know, that's their problem. So there are sounds that we cannot hear, and there are sounds that we can hear. I got good news for you today. God's voice is a sound you can hear, and that's good news. Because he wants to speak to you, he is speaking to you, and but what we've got to do is learn how to tune in to his frequency. God's made it possible. He's proven that through, I guess, the most popular verse in all of the Bible, John 3.16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so God came in and said, I am at a frequency that you can hear. I'm at a frequency that you can see. I'm at a frequency that you can relate with. And he wanted us to know specifically that he's got a voice and he speaks and we can hear him because he is on our frequency and we got to get on his frequency frequency. We use the illustration many times at Hope Crossing Sierra about a radio and how the Holy Spirit comes into our life to help us to adjust our lives to catch the frequency of God. Just like a radio, you've, we've got to tune in to get the station. We've got to tune in to, to this station or that station. Whatever it is we're trying to hear, we've got to make some adjustments and tune in. But what is the danger in not hearing the voice of God, it is that we live in the static. We just live in the static. If there was, a, if there was a, a terminology or a description of this society in America that we live in, just put, them, put us all together. There's so much noise. There's 6,000 cable channels, and there's 50 million people on the Internet who, half of them, never mind, they're just on the Internet putting stuff out there. There's all the social media. There's so much noise. And if we're not careful, 
We'll get right in the middle of it and think that we can have, listen to this voice and listen to that and listen to this and listen to that. And it's just like a radio that's in between channels. There's nothing distinct about it. And what we do is live in the static. And living in the static is not fun. It's not beneficial. It's not healthy. And it's not taking you anywhere good. We're going to talk about four different ways that God speaks to us. We're only going to focus on two of them today and two of them next week. I encourage you to be here next week as well. But first off, the way that God speaks to us, his frequencies, number one is nature. We read there in Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. And then look what he says. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And here the psalmist is using that, that beautiful language to, to say we're not mono, we're, we're not just singular. Even though the heavens declare the glory of God, it's not like you go to the mountains and they're going, God is great. They don't have words like that, and yet they communicate very clearly, there is a God, he created this, and he did it for you. And so without words and without speech, the heavens, the mountains, the streams, everything are declaring the glory of God. Every star, every planet, every moon declares his glory. In Matthew chapter 4, we read how Jesus is led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness and to, to be tempted of the enemy. And so here Satan comes to him, and he's trying to get Jesus to sin. And so he tempts him. He says, man, you're hungry. You've been fasting. Hey, turn these stones into bread. You need something to eat. And Jesus said, as it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how important the word of God is. That's how we live. But Jesus was quoting what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. He said, as it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. This is what that verse says. He says, God humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feed you with manna. He's talking about Israel when they were, as we say, wandering in the wilderness they didn't have any food. Times they didn't have water. He's saying, God caused you to be hungry and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He said, hunger is nature. It's a very natural thing. He says, and God allowed you to be hungry so that he could feed you with manna, so that you could know manna is not the most important thing, but the voice of the Lord is more important than food. He's saying, this is what God has allowed. He's allowed some things to happen in your life so that he could teach you, not that bread is the big deal, but that his word is the big deal. Listen, you can have a perfect diet, only eat the right amount of carbs and the right amount of protein and the right amount of this at the right times, at the right levels, at the blah, 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 blah. and you can have a great workout program and you can be buff and you can be awesome and all of us hate you, but you can have a great time. 
But listen, this body isn't what it's all about. And you need to be healthy and, okay, great. But this body isn't what it's all about. What it's all about is hearing the voice of the Lord. That's what's important. Because that's where we really live. That's where we connect with the one who created us. And that's how we navigate this world of static to hear his voice and be directed in the right direction. That's why it's so important for us to hear his voice. And so nature declares his glory. Nature reveals his presence. And nature is one of the ways God speaks to us. The second way is two things that I put together, which I believe are inseparable, is the word of God and prayer. In other words, the Bible and prayer. We're going to talk about those next week. The third way God speaks to us is through the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that next week as well. But the fourth way God speaks to us, we're going to hone in on for the next few moments, and that is miracles. Miracles. Now, let's go back to the verse that we read. Here's Jesus. The Jewish people, the the religious leaders said, okay, come on, tell us, are you the Messiah? And what did Jesus say? He said, I have told you, but you don't believe. The miracles I perform in my Father's names testify about me. He's saying it very clearly. He said, I've been telling you, but I did it in a way that you weren't expecting. I came to you in a way, in a frequency that you can hear, but you chose not to. Well, we make a mistake when we try to box God in and say, God, you will do it this way. I want you to know something. You can tell God that. You can, tell, you can say, God, this is the way you got to do it. You can tell him that all day long. He doesn't care. <laughs> Because he's going to reveal himself to you for sure. But sometimes he does it in a way that we don't expect. And you know what? After the fact, we always go, oh, thank you, Lord. At the moment, we're going like, God, this is what I need you to do. I need you to do this. I need you to do it by Wednesday. And he's like, Friday's going to be fine. Just hang in there. I'll get to it. He's got you on the docket. He's ready. He gives us the revelation of himself in ways that surprise us and cause us to stop living the life that we're living now. He causes us to expand. He causes us to see, look, feel, know what we didn't before. He said, I came to you. I spoke to you. I just did it in miracles but you're not believing. Well, I'm thankful for being a part of a church that go, we believe, we're, we're there. He can speak to us through miracles. We're, we're ready. Those guys that were demanding that of Jesus were in a storm that they created. It was a storm of unbelief. We're gonna read about another group of people that were in a different kind of a storm. You have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 14, We're going to start at verse number 22, Matthew 14. This is where, of course, Jesus uh, comes walking on the water. The disciples are in the boat. And let's, uh, let's read this, Matthew 14, verse 22, starting there. So it says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat 
and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. We're going to stop right there for a moment. I want to reread that because it's very important that we just get that first part. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And we're going to stop there. These guys were in a different storm than the first guys. The first guys were in a storm of unbelief. They had hardened their hearts, stiffened their neck, whatever you want to call it. They were like, No, we're not going to believe. You raise somebody from the dead. Well, I don't know. That, that could have been a trick. He was only dead four days. I mean, hey, you never know. Oh, this person was crippled for 40 years? Yeah, well, that might be a trick too. They were in unbelief. That's a storm that causes you to not hear the voice of God and not perceive who he is. But these disciples were in a different type of storm. They didn't create this storm. They didn't cause it. They didn't, they didn't like do something crazy. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. You ever been in one of those storms? Yeah, I mean, you're just going through life. You're like, man, I'm being obedient. I'm loving Jesus. I'm going to church. I have fellowship with the believers. I'm in the word. I'm in prayer. And all of a sudden, we're like, dude, this storm is real. It's ravaging. It's raging. Oh, man, where's God? I mean, am I the only one? You know, it's like, come on, God. Have, did, did, you, did you forget about me? You know. Sometimes we're in a storm that's exactly where we're supposed to be. We're being obedient to God, and then here comes the storm. And if we're not careful, we'll miss God in the storm because we're, we get all frantic about the storm. Now, come on, guys. I've been through storms, and you have too. It's a real deal, isn't it? It's, it's real. I'm not making light of it. You know, when you're not in the storm, you have all the advice about the storm, right? <laughs> when you're in the middle of it, you're going like, just a life preserver. It's all I need, just a life preserver. You just do something. They didn't create the storm, but they were in the storm. But, you know, here's the deal. These guys created their own storm of unbelief, and God was speaking to them, even though they created that storm. The disciples were in the storm. They had nothing to do with it. They didn't create it, and God is speaking to them in that storm too. I got good news for you. I don't care what your storm, what the source of the storm, what the cause of the storm, God is speaking to you in your storm. God is speaking to you no matter what's going on. We just got to tune into his frequency, right? He's speaking to you either in his written word, either through other believers. He's speaking to you through miracles, and that's what he did here. Jesus comes walking to them on the water, which, come on, let's look at what happens. We know the end of the story, right? All the disciples are safe. We know that. They don't know that. So now they're in the middle of a storm. Here comes something walking on the water. I don't know. Maybe they thought, man, that was... 
Was there a shipwreck here many years ago? Because that looks like maybe a ghost. It's going from bad to worse. But here is God revealing himself to them in a way that they had never seen before. I want to share with you today, God's revealing himself to somebody here today in a way you've never anticipated it before. He's revealing himself. It's in a storm, whether you made the storm or whether you didn't make the storm, I believe is inconsequential to God. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to speak to you because he says whatever storm, whatever the source of the storm, he wants to get you out of that storm. Can we agree on that? God wants to get us out of the storm. The deal is we don't know how long the storm's going to last. We'd like it to be like three more seconds, but God might have it linger on for three more days, three more weeks. <clears throat> we don't know how long the storm's going to last. There were three things that Jesus said to these disciples in the boat. The first thing he said was, be courageous. Come on, be courageous. Let's go. He says, okay, you're in a storm. He didn't say, okay, when settle down, I got to settle these guys down. He settled the guys down first. He said, I want you to be courageous. You're in a storm, but be courageous. You're, you're in the middle of a, a financial crisis. Be courageous. You got relational difficulties. Be courageous. Your kids are going crazy. Be courageous. Your business is about to go under. Be courageous. He says, I want you to be courageous in the middle of the storm because you got people watching you. There are people watching you. There's a testimony of Christ at stake here. The world may freak out when there's a storm, but it's the body of Christ as believers in Jesus Christ. The storm gets our attention, and I'm okay with being emotional. I'm also just okay with just saying, Lord, I'm going to be courageous in the middle of this storm. I'm going to plaster a smile on my face, and I'm going to say glory to God, even though inside I might be thinking something else. But I'm going to say glory to God. Thank you, God. I'm going to consider it pure joy when I encounter various trials or storms. Lord, thank you for the, what's going on. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know when it's going to end, but it's going to end, and I'm not. I'm going to keep on going. And so we got to rise up, and you say, in the name of Jesus, in the middle of this storm, I will be courageous. Have I got anybody here today that says, I want to be courageous in the middle of my storm? I want to be courageous in the middle of my storm. It, I'm in it but I'm going to be courageous in it. That's the first thing he says to him. He says, just be courageous. But then he says, it's me. It's not a ghost. It's not something weird. It's me. And in the middle of our storm, when God speaks to us, it is always about revealing himself. It's always about giving you and I a better vision and a better ear and a better understanding of who he is. It's not about you predominantly. It's about him. It's about him first. And then it's about you. It's about your family or whatever. He says, I want to I reveal you. It's me. I'm here. I'm here in this moment. I'm, I'm appearing to you in a way that you're not used to, but it's me. It's me. I believe that right there is speaking to somebody about your situation, that God is appearing to you in a way you've never seen him before, you've never heard him this way before, you've never, it's never happened before, but it's God. God's revealing himself to you. I'm not sure who that's for, but God is revealing himself to you, and it's all about him. 
Because when we get our ears attuned to him, when we get our eyes on Jesus, it's all about him. And that's what makes our life so wonderful and powerful. It's because it's all about him. He says, be courageous. He says, it's me. He's revealing himself. And then he says, be at peace. Don't be afraid. He said, have peace. Have peace. Now, we know from this that he gets into the boat and then the, the waves calm down. So he's saying, I want you to be courageous. Know that it's me. And I want you to have peace. The wind is still doing the same thing the wind's been doing. He says, I want you to have peace. And peace in the middle of a storm, that's difficult. But if God said we can do it, we can do it. And so God right now today is speaking to every person in this room. We just got to tune in. We just got to tune in. God speaks to us. God reveals himself to us, and he does it whether it's our storm or the storm that he is allowing us to go into. We created it or we didn't create it, or maybe we're just in a good old time and everything's going great. God is wanting to speak to you. Because he wants to say, man, be courageous, go for it, move ahead. It's me, I'm directing you and leading your life, and then you can have peace. Even in the middle of all of the, the excitement of taking risk of faith, I want you to know it's, it's okay. You can do that. We're to keep reading there. Of course, that's when Peter was walking on the water. He, Peter said, man, if it's you, Lord, tell me I can come to you. And he said, come. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water. Peter got it. Courageous, it's God. I can have peace. Even in a situation where there's no visible means of support, I can have peace because of God. God speaks to us in ways that really surprise us. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, one of the most popular, well-known verses in the book of Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice, I'm going to come in, and we're going to have fellowship with one another. We're going to have a unity with one another. Again, that, that, that knock, every time that happens, there's frequency, wave, sound waves going in every direction. And you can hear that. You know, there's a sound of God that every person can hear, whether saved or not saved. And it's that sound. I'm knocking on the door of your heart, God is saying. I'm knocking. Now the decision's yours. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice and opens the door, will you open the door for Christ today? He's standing at the door of your heart. Remember that pull? Christians, remember that pull? Remember that knock? Remember that voice of a knock? God is saying, I'm here. I'm ready to change your life. I'm ready to make your life what it's supposed to be, what I created your life to be. But sin has caused this door to be shut. But I'm knocking. I'm thankful that we do not have a God who yanks the door and rips it off its hinges and says, I'm coming in whether you like it or not. 
have a God who is gracious and kind and patient. He keeps knocking and he keeps knocking. And he doesn't give up. And he says, what do you have to do? Just open the door. Open the door. It's a matter of just saying, God, yes. I, I welcome you into my life. You know, in that moment, everything changes for us. In that moment, we recognize that our sin is, is, is that lock on there. That sin is just, just separating us between us from God. And it's when we just say, God, come in. And we, and we just, I don't know, I, I think we just kind of grab the handle and turn it and just like, and he goes, yeah. And then the hinge comes off. You know, the door just comes off. Because God is saying, yes, I'm coming in and we're going to have fellowship. We're going to have unity. You're going to know what life's all about. Have that, has that happened for you today? Has that happened for you? Have, you? have you literally sensed God knocking at the door of your heart? Because you know things are not right between you and God. You know that. Nobody has to talk you into that or convince you. You know things are not right between me and God. And he's just going like, I'm here. I'm here. Will you open the door for Christ today, right now? Let's do it right now. Let's get that over and done to say, Christ, I need you. And yes, I am opening the door of my heart. Come in. I welcome you into my life. And that's when everything changes. And you become what God has created you to become. Let's take a moment right now and pray.